0: Welcome to TV Time Out, everyone. We're the TV guys. I'm Sean Rainey. And I'm Ben Weinman. We've got an action-packed podcast for you today. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're a football fan in the Treasure State, feeling pretty good. Cats and the Grizz both get big wins. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about uh, our top five most entertaining athletes I'm looking, to watch. I'm looking forward to this one. And then uh, I'm going to rant about baseball. Playoff baseball is great. But there's one thing. That Rainy's going to rant about. It just really grinds my gears. So,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I know as much as you guys do, so I'm yeah. <laughs> very, very curious to see what you're, uh, you're going to come up with. But uh, we'll start with the Montana Grizzlies. They were on the road this last Saturday in Pocatello, Idaho. They beat the Idaho State Bengals. First time in the Bobstead era. They were down at halftime. They came come back and win this ball game. Sean, you were in Pocatello with the team all weekend. Um, kind of what were your first impressions of this ballgame?
0: Yeah, well, you kind of touched on it. Um, what I wanted to see from Montana, what I said in this, on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, was I wanted to see them go on the road, get some wins, and do things that they haven't proven that they can do. So they go on the road, they beat Portland State, and I was like, okay, good. You know, they got a, a good road win, something they haven't won on the road in, in the big sky long time. in over a
1: year. Yeah, a long time.
0: And then they were 0-8 on the road when losing at halftime. And they're down by eight against Idaho State. And you're like, oh, here comes 0-9. But they rally back and win 39-31. So, bam, they checked off another box of something that they haven't done before. So, you know, if you're a Grizz fan, you're starting to be pretty positive. you know. And, and we get to chat a lot with uh, Grizz fans. <laughs> One of them, Angela Marshall, our main anchor, her husband Ray is a huge, huge Grizz fan. He, uh, they went down to Pocatello to watch the game. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and he said, yeah, he said he said the Grizz are winning out the rest of the year and um, going to be in the top 10 at the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe a bit optimistic. I, I think that uh, they got some really, really tough games coming up, um, but... You got to like what you uh, are seeing so far uh, from Montana.
1: Yeah, I mean the defense only gave up ten points in the second half uh, after giving up a bunch of yards and, and but two... they, yeah, they played pretty well though. Yeah. I, I really feel
0: like scheme wise they were in position. They just missed a lot of tackles, which yep. I mean obviously that is concerning. Um, and it was funny I asked uh, Chris Favaroso, who was at the presser and I asked like, you know, you guys haven't been tackling well and North Dakota's coming in with two good running backs. How do you improve tackling? And he kind of, like, didn't really have an answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we looked at it and we just kind of missed some tackles and you just got to, you know, you just got to tackle. You know, it's like, I think, you know, I'm saying this as a Chargers fan because the Chargers are the worst tackling defense in the league. They've missed the most tackles. It's not like you can just coach it up. You know, no. like, it's kind of like a thing like you're either good at it or you're not. It's, you know? a re- and it's a not mentality. Something, yeah, it's not something that, like, is going to dramatically change from week to week. Like you know, the Grizz have missed a lot of tackles this year.
1: Well, they had a couple drives there where they had wide open sacks and yeah. missed
0: them. For that one, I think you can get better at. You yeah. know, I think the, um, you know they were coming through, flying through the hole, trying to kill the quarterback. And if you just break down two yards before the quarterback and just don't let him escape, you know, you have him there. And you know that resulted in fourteen free points that on third
1: and longs if they just get the sack, which they had Seymour had it dialed up perfect. Um, Gresh, uh, Gresh Jensen looked awesome, and it, we found out after the game it was his birthday, so even more impressive. The guy threw for four touchdowns, ran for another, and one of the best individual plays you'll ever see a Montana Grizzly quarterback make in the third quarter, he, he scored a touchdown there. Distributed the ball all around, hit guys deep constantly throughout the game, and we wanted to see these receivers make individual plays, beat guys one-on-one one in the air on those deep balls, and Sammy Akem, Samari Toure, Justin Calhoun – Keenan Curran and Jerry all had great spectacular Mm -hmm. plays today or on Saturday um, for for Gresh.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting because uh, Coach Stitz said that uh, his arm was feeling a little fatigued um, after the Portland State um, game and during the Portland State game. And if you go back and watch that game against the Vikings, he did underthrow a lot of deep balls. And he had that little, you know, the athletic tape on his Mm -hmm. on his right arm for this game. And man, he threw (laughs) some pretty pretty. Uh, deep balls. Yeah, uh, he looked really, really good. Um, and it was something that they really weren't expecting going into this game because Idaho State um, normally plays back and doesn't let you get the deep ball, but they were kind of, you know, being a little bit more aggressive than the Grizz thought that they were going to be going into this game. So in the second half, they made adjustments. We saw it. Um, they started running the ball more right out the bat and running the ball and taking deep shots. And defensively, um, they changed their coverages a little bit. Went more to like a three-four and just try to disguise a little bit more, and you saw the adjustments made by the coaching staff at halftime, and that proved, you know, dividends in the second half, something that we haven't seen, something that Coach Stitt said after the Eastern game, like, we need to just make, as a coaching staff, make better adjustments and something that we haven't been doing that well of, and uh, so that, maybe even more so than the play by the players, because I've always thought that the, the talent was there, and the players can go out and make plays, but Maybe the most encouraging thing for me is just the adjustments
1: made by the coaches at halftime to get, uh, you know, that big road win. And uh, after the game, well, actually before the game, leading up to this game, starting in the before spring. Before the
0: game, during the game, after the game. We had drama. A lot of drama. We <laughs> had drama,
1: drama, drama. It was it was MTV out there. Um, <laughs> to kind of break down for us, Sean, what happened in, before this game, before the season really even started, between Idaho State yeah, and Montana. Yeah, so
0: Idaho State, um, you know, fires our head coach, the big human. Um, Rob Fennessy uh, leaves to go to Northern Iowa for like a day. A day. And then they hire him back to be the head coach. Meanwhile, when the big human was fired, Matt Troxell came to Montana from Idaho State to be the inside wide receivers coach. And he was here in Missoula for the spring. And then right after the spring, Idaho State hired him as their offensive coordinator. What Stitt says is that they knew that he was going to be the the OC at Idaho State um, at some point during the spring, and he still stayed on the staff and into the spring game when they were, it was already kind of set in stone, um, and they didn't go through Stitt or Haslam. Or, Pretty shady. Yeah. Pretty I, shady. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert on the coaching world and how it all works, but it makes sense that if you're – going about it that way. It's probably not the right way to do it. Um, Coach Stitt said, yeah, if they were just open and honest, I would, you know, like, yeah, take, you can have him, like, yeah. whatever, you know. He's he's but, yours. But it was the way that they went about yeah. it, he didn't appreciate that. And then, during the week before the game, <laughs> you know, Fennessy, you know, kind of sarcastically is like, yeah, we get to play Montana, the Holy Grail, they have all the best facilities, we're just poor, you know, little Ohio's, Idaho State. Coach Stitt, you know, there, he's the offensive genius. Like we don't even belong on the same field as them, and blah blah blah. Which you know, if you're hearing that as an opposing coach, you're like, like keep, I can see why. I could see why that would piss you off. Yeah, absolutely, you know I mean? absolutely. And so that coupled with the Troxel stuff, you knew that M- the Montana's coaching staff wanted to win this game. You could definitely tell. Yeah, and then we had you know Michael Dean, the wide receiver, um, you know flipping off the the Grizz fans during the game. I think he even did it prior in the. Warm ups, pregame warm ups. Uh, the coaching staff said that they saw him do it. So, um, yeah, just a little testy. And then afterwards, in the cool. handshake,
1: uh, you, Coach you Stitt, got it on video. It was Coach it kind of well, yeah, because I knew I was like, I got to shoot this.
0: <laughs> he kind of just runs over there and goes to shake his hand for like half a second and he like turns away. And Fennessey kind of wants to hold his hand and st- like rips it away and then just runs out of there. <laughs> and Fennessey's kind of like staring at him at, uh, as he runs away. Um, and coach Stitt owned up to it. He was just like, look, you know, I didn't want to talk to him after all that stuff. I don't respect the way he goes about things. And, uh, I just didn't want to talk to him. Um, later we heard that fantasy accused the Grizz of playing dirty. And then, you know, coach Stitt then responded, um, to that, yeah. which is really interesting because I think coach Stitt, um, is a little fiery, more fiery in his third year here and, I think it was well perceived among his
1: fans. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he's he's never had one of these moments where um, he's rallied his base. And and these moments leading up to this game, during the game, and then after the game. Except
0: for maybe after North Dakota State.
1: I think everyone, after that first game, everyone was like, "Seriously?
0: oh yes, it happens, let's do it. Yeah, Yeah, no, no.
1: absolutely. But this was the first time in in a long, well, and that was a long time ago. You know, the first time in two and a half years where he's really rallied his base. And actually, when we were interviewing him, when you were interviewing him during the Grizzly Sports Report on Sunday, he talked about how this win reminded him a lot of that North Dakota State win.
0: Yeah, well, it was crazy. He said that, he's like, this win feels... Just as good, if not better, than that North Dakota State win, which is pretty crazy to think about. But I think you know when you think about it, you know he's heading into Montana, this new place where you know everything's awesome. Everyone loves you when you first get here. Um, great facilities. You're like, oh man, we're gonna come here and we're gonna do our thing, and it's gonna be picture perfect. And so you beat North Dakota State, and you're like, man, this is this is so cool, <laughs> you know. But then like you know you start feeling the pressure. Um, yeah, and if they're not making the playoffs last year. I think when you succeed under pressure, it feels better than when it, you know, than not, you know, and I think there, I don't think there was any pressure going into the North Dakota State game, and he was just unsure of what it was like, you know, so like it was kind of more, it was probably way more fun. I, th- I think he would ex- describe the North Dakota State game as like probably one of the most fun games he's ever been a part of, but this Idaho State game, I definitely think felt more satisfying. Sure. Just because. Of where they've been, yeah, and they were zero and eight. He know, like, trust me, he knows that they've yeah. never come back and won a game on the road, and and he knows that if you lose that game, I mean, he might be losing a job soon, you know. So like, I think, yeah, um, it just made it super satisfying, and that's why you know it felt like a bigger win.
1: Grizz moved to four and two on the year. Um, they beat Valpo, Savannah State, and now the two Big Sky road wins against Portland State and Idaho State. They've lost obviously to Eastern and University of Washington. They welcome to they welcome a North Dakota Fighting Hawks squad, defending Big Sky Conference champs, into Missoula this weekend for homecoming. One o'clock kickoff on Root Sport. Two thirty kickoff on Root Sports. Um, gosh, the Fighting Hawks are just they're just banged up.
0: It, yeah, they got a lot of injuries. Uh, at one point, they had like thirteen guys on crazy their, on their 2 deep that were out. Um, I think that a couple of them are coming back, but. Uh, I mean, hey, they hung forty-eight on Northern Colorado uh, last weekend and won. So yeah, this is not a cakewalk. Yeah, no, and, and you have you know probably two of the top running backs in the conference on the same team, so it won't be easy uh, by any means. And if the Grizz take them lightly, like they'll lose. Um, but it's a game that you should win, and it would be huge to win going into the bye week. If you're sitting at five and two going into the bye week, and then if you could beat Weber State on the road, Oof. you'd be sitting really pretty. Yeah, because um, they get, their their stretch after the bye is – you know, going to be pretty tough. Yep, you're on the road at Weber. You have NAU, um, Northern Colorado at home. You, you know, looks like a game that you should win, but the Cats on the road is going to be tough. You know, so there's about three, three toss-up games there um, down the stretch.
1: So, so this, um, so the games like this, this North Dakota game, where yeah, you're it's a favored. game you can't, yeah, it's a game you can't lose. Absolutely, these
0: are these are the games that you can't lose. Absolutely, the Eastern game, you know, obviously like, it would
1: have been you great. You can't
0: lose when you're up 24 to half. But if you know going into it, you're like, yeah, this this is a toss up game too. Yep. You know what I mean. So you can you can lose a couple toss up games every year, but yeah, especially the ones where you're favorite at home. You know, you can't lose this one. You can't lose Northern Colorado at home. Um,
1: and obviously, as we we transition into talking about Montana State, that that game brawl of the wild always a toss up game, especially with this year being in Bozeman. The Cats beat Portland State uh, this last Saturday. Um, their first, their second big sky win of the year, and they kind of just ran all over them. 50,
0: they ran it 57 <laughs> times. Oh my gosh. And they threw it nine times. <laughs> so they're basically doing it the, the opposite of what Montana is. Sure. It's kind of interesting. Sure. Um, I mean, Montana's certainly running the ball pretty well, too, but yeah, 57 rushes for 403 yards. Uh, now, Sean, is that one
1: dimensional? <laughs>
0: no, it's not one dimensional. No, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's not. Did, or Coach uh, Choate said, it's not one dimensional if you line up and they they know that you're going to run it. They're trying to stop the run, and you are getting seven yards of carry. Um, yeah, they're, they know – they certainly – I'll give them props for this. They know what their identity is. Yes. And they're playing exactly into that. Mm-hmm. And I think with the run game, when it shortens the game, there's not as many possessions, and they're playing good physical defense, they'll have a chance to beat every single team they play, including Eastern this Saturday. Um, it's on ABC – Um, On SWX, so you can. We're doing that game. It's going to be a great one. Um, So they have a chance, dude. They have a chance to beat Eastern. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, they're not going to be able to keep up with Eastern offensively." It's like they're not going to try to keep up with Eastern offensively. They're going to ball control. They're going to try to have six minute, seven minute drives and give Eastern only like six possessions. And you hope that you stop them twice, and that you're able to score, you know, four touchdowns on on your six possessions, and maybe beat them. Like that's what they're going to be hoping for. Will it be easy? No, but I think they have a legitimate shot at beating Eastern, especially if they can keep this game in the in the low thirties, high twenties. I think they got a shot. I think that I'm going to go thirty-five, twenty-eight. They lose.
1: I was just going to say. I was going to say ask. thirty-five,
0: twenty-eight. Okay. They lose, but I think they got a good shot, and if they do. Ooh. Here's the other thing though too that, that do you if you're a Grizz fan obviously you never want the Cats to win if you're sure. if you're a Grizz fan sure. or at least a lot of Grizz and, fans and, think and, that way and vice versa. But I never I always liked it. Um, you know I went to Montana, you know so I'm a Grizz alum. But when I was in school I wanted the Cats to win because it made for a better rivalry game and stuff. You know like you're a Coug I know you always want the Huskies to lose but isn't it cool isn't it going to be isn't the Apple Cup going to be so much more awesome if both teams are undefeated going into that game?
1: As opposed to, like, it makes, me, it makes me nervous. It makes me more nervous. Yeah, to... but
0: but it, it makes so much, the buzz about the game is going to be so much better than if, than, like, last year's Cat Grizz game. It was kind of like, yeah. you're going into it, you're just kind of like, well, the Grizz probably aren't going to make the playoffs. The Cats suck. Like, yeah. this is a, like, there's not much buzz about this game. Like, it's still the Brawl of the Wild, but, but, but you're like, But eh. there's a
1: specific reason, though, that you're saying that the Grizz fans should want Montana State to win this week. It's because... They need, yeah, don't escape.
0: Need, no, don't escape this question. What you need? You haven't answered it yet.
1: What? Wouldn't it be cooler if
0: when the Cougs play the Huskies, if both teams are undefeated, and it's for like a Pac-12 championship? It's for maybe the chance to go to the you know in the playoff. Like that would make the game so much better.
1: Yes. Oh, I, I think it would make, make the game like better. yes.
0: As a Coug fan, you're like yeah. I wish that they sucked, and then we would just win and be we'd be undefeated. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not the you know, uh, but I, but it still but. What if you beat them when you're both undefeated you know like
1: that would make it better sure. that would sure. make it that oh, much It would absolutely. make it way better it would it, we would have bragging rights for the rest of our lives yeah um,
0: so like that's what I'm saying like you know if the if the cats you well first off you know if, if you're a Grizz fan you want to win the big sky that's your goal. Mm-hmm. you've already played Eastern and lost to' them. so if Eastern wins out, you have no chance. you get to play Weber and n a u who haven't lost yet in conference so you you're so if the cats win then your your destiny is in your own hands per se. Cause you have you have a chance to go out and beat everybody else, and and Weber share for and Weber Eastern
1: play each other later in November, and so one of them is going to have a yeah, loss. Yeah, and then, there, so. and
0: like if if you're the Grizz and you drop, let's say you, I like I think they have a legitimate shot of you know losing to Weber on the road. That's going to be a really tough game. Yes, and then I think you know Nau and Montana State they could maybe drop one of those. So there's a chance you could lose a couple more
1: games. So three total losses.
0: Yeah. So but if it, okay, let's say you lose to Nau and you lose to Weber State. Right, so you're sitting at four losses, going into the MSU game. You're kind of on the bubble for the playoffs. Wow, you need Montana State to, to be, be good. good so that win is better. Yeah, like if you're like, oh man, Montana State beat Eastern and then they, you know, picked off a, f- a few more, and let's say that they're like, you know, six and f- you know four or five and five. That's gonna be a whole lot better win than if they're. You know, three and six in that game or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean like,
1: but but like we look at what happened last year, Montana State was awful, and even if Montana had won that game, they probably still would have made the playoffs.
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel, like, I feel so.
1: like the way it wor- all the other games worked out that yeah. that week. I mean, that they that's would've... impossible to say.
0: All I'm saying is, yeah.
1: You know, I think it makes for a better rivalry
0: game, and an, it it makes for another quality win if MSU is good and MSU is good, and I think MSU is going to be, you know, they're going they're gonna.
1: But you're not taking the upset though.
0: I mean, I'll never sure. bet against Eastern on that stupid yeah. field. Do you see they're wearing uh-huh. the all red uniforms for that game too? Yeah, I thought that was illegal. I thought they weren't allowed to wear all red on can that field. Be,
1: I think you can be grandfathered into know. it. So, like, if you like Boise State can wear blue, Eastern can wear red. Like, if you I were in it before, know. you can. I think you can be. Grandfathered I don't know, man. I'm pretty.
0: It. I kind of sworn that there was a rule that they couldn't do that, but
1: I, I think Eastern's gonna beat. MSU by 2 or 3 touchdowns. I don't Yeah, think I think it's going yeah, to be close. I think it's going to be close. Yeah. I think it's going to be close. We'll see. But uh, that's our that's our Katkeriz update, Kacker's recap. Right now we're going to go into our top 5 most exciting athletes. So, Sean, what are the where are the like qualifications of Okay, this so list? we're going
0: like, top five most entertaining athletes to watch that where you made sure, like, oh, he's playing this weekend, I need to watch the game. And so, obviously, I'm 28, you're 23, 4? 23. 23. So, you know, I I talked to David Winner, our anchor, about this. (laughs) And he's, you know, in his 50s. So he's like, oh, Muhammad Ali. Like, he's, like, listing off all these guys that are, like, kind of pre-our time. So, like, yes, I've seen highlights of Muhammad Ali. Sure. Even, even guys like Bo Jackson or something like that. But I never truly, like... Got to watch them personally. Sure. Okay, so sure. for all the you know, you know, people over you know thirty or forty that are listening, um, <laughs> if we don't mention some of the people that you watch growing up, it's just because we're not old enough to sure. watch them, and sure. so I can't really give you a you know, a, you know, like yes, I'm sure that Muhammad Ali was one of the most entertaining guys to watch, and he should be on this list, mm-hmm. but we're just gonna base it off of the guys, the athletes that in kind of in our generation that we watched. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I'll kick it off. Yeah, number five. Number five. I'm gonna go slamming Sammy Sosa. Okay. <laughs> Love me some Sosa, man. I you know, just watching the Cubs growing up when they were on WGN and you know, he just he hits a home run, he does the hop, he does the the chest pound of the kiss to the camera, like and he was just I just I don't know everything about when he hit a home run it was just so exciting. Um so he was just always a guy that I had to like make sure to to watch his at bat
1: um growing up. So does the fact that he nope.
0: probably did steroids? No, nope, I don't care. Probably did steroids? I don't care. Okay. Everybody from that era probably did steroids. Except this guy. Now, my number five
1: is Ken Griffey Jr.
0: You can say that for 100% fact on your life that he didn't do steroids. No.
1: He never tested positive, man.
0: That doesn't mean he didn't do steroids.
1: Uh, no. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the most naturally gifted baseball players of you all time. You
0: cannot say, I, okay, I don't think he did either, but you can't say with 100% certainty that he didn't use steroids. Okay, you can't do it about anyone. Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: But Sammy Sosa, the the, the facts and the evidence suggests that he did do steroids.
0: Exactly. But that didn't stop me from wanting to watch him Okay. At
1: the time. Well, my number five, Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> the best center fielder potentially to ever play the game, maybe behind Willie Mays. Um Saved baseball in Seattle. Um, wore his hat backwards during home run derbies. Was nicknamed the kid. Um, Five-tool player. Um, and he's in the Hall of Fame now, where he belongs. First Mariner to ever go in to the Hall of Fame. And as a Seattle guy, it's only, a point of pride. Only
0: he could have stayed healthy for a full At, career. No, absolutely.
1: Know? That was the thing. If he if he had stayed healthy, he would have definitely gotten the home run, the home run title, all that stuff. So, yeah, Griffey. Has a bunch of different gold gloves. He's he's an all-around player. All right, number
0: four, little homer pick like you did, uh, <laughs> with Damian Tomlinson. This guy was just, I mean, as a Chargers fan, my gosh, he was so good. Um, you're talking about a guy that you know broke the the touchdown record single season. He could catch 100 balls in a year, um, rush for 1,500 yards, and throw four touchdowns in a year. Like, he could just do it all um he could shake you he could run you over he would stiff arm you like there was just any he, he just he had the flash he had the personality and the pizzazz another guy that if he would have just stayed healthy in the playoffs um i think that nationally he would have gotten a lot more recognition but the fantasy god the original <laughs> fantasy god uh yeah, if you had, if you had LT on your team oh yeah you're gonna win the title <laughs> I know. this is not
1: even, not even close um that's a good one. My number four is my last Homer pick, uh, Ichiro Suzuki as a, as a Seattle Mariners guy. Um, I, again, kind of like LT, uh, criminally underrated because of the fact that he played in played for teams that never went to. Um, never I don't know if anything. he
0: was underrated. I feel like there was a lot of hype when he came over.
1: Right, but then like after two thousand one, the Mariners never made the playoffs again, so the national media never really got a to really appreciate...
0: Yeah, but growing up... I mean, I was in San Diego and I remember, like, hearing about him all the time.
1: Yeah? Okay, well... He
0: was just so different. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Had uh, 13 straight 200-hit seasons, which, when you put that in perspective, is well, mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, and I don't even think it's about the stats. It's just about the way he hit. You know, <laughs> kind of like yep. running out of the box, slapping it, beating, yep. beating you know... Infield hits to first, like he just had such a unique style, which is what made him, you know, stand out.
1: And I'm not totally sure if I believe this or not, but there are a bunch of people that have said that if Ichiro wanted to hit 40 home runs in a year. He could. He oh, just yeah, decides yeah. not to. Which I, there's been many articles saying if that's good or not. Anyways, uh, the guy has like 15 gold gloves, five time, 15 time All Star, MVP, Rookie of the Year. Um, will pro- will definitely finish second on the hits list to Pete Rose, um, and he's still playing. He's, like, 43, and he's still playing. So he was my first first player, so each year at number four.
0: All right, number three, college Reggie Bush.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't argue this one. Bigger than than LT. I'm surprised you ranked him above LT. Yeah, because in college, I mean, he was, like,
0: every time he touched the ball, he could go, like, 80 yards to the house.
1: Like, some of those runs against,
0: like, that Fresno State game – you know Texas, like dude, he is—he was just insane. Like it was like every punt return, like you couldn't, you would not turn away for a punt return, Mm-mm. kickoff return. Every time he ran the ball, like he was just insane. His his college tape is better than anyone's ever. Mm-hmm. I think like it yeah. was just insane. Um, he was just so incredibly fun to watch, and uh, yeah, Reggie Bush.
1: Yep, in college, he he hes the Heisman Trophy winner in our book. Well, I like that pick, but uh, so my number three, I'm going the Olympic route. I'm going the best sprinter we've seen maybe ever in Usain Bolt. Hmm. I uh, I think people have always said that the 100 meter dash uh, in the Olympics is maybe the most exciting 10 seconds in sports. Um, I love the the showmanship that Bolt had in his uh, run. To he had what nine nine Olympic gold medals. In a back-to-back-to-back Olympics, he swept the 100 and 200, and Jamaica won the relay race. So um, he was must, must-see television in the Olympics. So I'm going Usain Bolt as my number three most exciting athlete. Here's your number two.
0: Bolt's weird, man. I, I don't know. Like, you literally, like, you look forward to watching him as your third best athlete.
1: Yeah, I, I, love, mm-hmm. I love watching him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with uh, Tiger Woods. No. Oh, okay. Tiger Woods. Because I used to always watch golf when he was in it. Like he was just so exciting. Um, especially on Sunday, I would always watch and want to watch from like the start of Sunday all the way till the end when Tiger's in it. Now that I find that when he's not in it, I'm not as interested. You know, like I like it when you know maybe like a Spieth or Rory McIlroy's in it or something like that. Um but they haven't really just they haven't become that phenom and, and really captured golf like tiger did tiger just i mean brought golf to a completely different level he transcended and, it yeah it was just so exciting to watch um i almost thought about doing tiger number one but uh, i went tiger number two just because um you know well the sport that is number one is just more exciting than golf in right. my opinion. but we'll get to that
1: and it's a shame i i hope that he can come back i don't think he'll ever win a major ever again it's crazy but it's the biggest fall off of any athlete oh, ever yeah. i would agree i would agree uh my number two is also olympian um This is the guy that I have distinct memories of actually jumping up and screaming at my television. My number two is Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time, full stop. Uh, The guy's won over 20 Olympic gold medals. I think 25, 26, something like that. Um, That 2008 run in Beijing when he won eight gold medals. Okay, I'm going to
0: stop you here. So do you watch them then when they're not the Olympics?
1: No. So then how are they, you're like...
0: Your second and third most exciting athlete to watch, but you only watch them once every four years.
1: There's nothing wrong with watch only watch them every once every four years.
0: But wouldn't if they're so entertaining to watch, wouldn't you want to watch them compete in, in all the other stuff?
1: No, because they do it on the highest stage. They do it on during the Olympics.
0: But if they, if it's them that they are the exciting ones, wouldn't you want to watch his like world championship swim?
1: No, because it's not because it's not. But I same. thought he's, but he's
0: supposed to be the exciting one.
1: Right, he's the exciting one in the Olympics, his top pinnacle of his sport against the best athletes. But I would watch representing his country. Yeah, but I would watch
0: what I'm saying is like I would watch Reggie Bush or LT or Sammy Sosa in like a regular season game. One that doesn't matter not. It doesn't have to be the playoffs of the World Series. You're just picking guys just for the Olymp- I feel like it's yeah, more of an Olympic thing, not an athlete thing.
1: But it's different because swimming is uh, and track and field are Olympic sports.
0: Yeah, but track and field has many televised events that aren't on the Olympics. And you probably watch none of them.
1: Right, the those are the preseason. It's a lot like you like saw the preseason, that's the that's the regular season. I, I no, I mean I I still think Michael Phelps has provided this country more uh electrifying moments than a lot of the uh mm-hmm. athletes who play full, you know, sports that play every single year. He's also the greatest
0: athlete of all time. I'm not saying that he's not, I'm just saying like for you to that's he's, not, but that's not. That's not what we're debating. We're not debating best athlete. We're just saying like most exciting athlete to watch.
1: He's the most exciting athlete to watch because he just of the dominance.
0: But if he's so, what my argument is is if he's so exciting, when, why wouldn't you watch him in a regular swim? Because
1: he's because so exciting. it's not because it's not the Olympics. He does it on the highest level. He he does it. He does it at the pinnacle of his sport. Mm. He is also a Michigan grad. Um, I know. No, uh, Michael Phelps, the the to guy. To me, if he's so exciting, then you would want to watch him at any
0: swim. It doesn't have to. Just no, because be the,
1: the the stakes of those swims, the stakes of those games, they're they're just. And so it's
0: not the athlete; it's the what's at stake is what I'm, my argument for, for this.
1: Well, maybe the the stakes of the Olympics are part of it, but the fact that he. All right, tra- we're going
0: to go back and forth forever. He transcends
1: right. it. I, he transcends it. My number one is
0: the king, LeBron James. Um, basketballs probably my favorite sport to watch and he's just the most entertaining basketball player to watch. I just love everything that he does. He's just such a good passer, um so physical, such a good finisher, uh such a good leader, plays defense. Um I just love, I mean, he's just one he's a freak athlete. So it's it was just fun to watch him at 6'9, you know, 270 or 65, you know, whatever he is be able to like move and jump and do the physical things that he can he's probably one of the best pure athletes of all time especially at his size but then you like just mix in his passing ability and everything that he can do um, to me I just I just I'll watch a preseason LeBron James game it doesn't have to be the NBA Finals Ben
1: but it, but the NBA Finals he he raises his game and you're even more spectacular exactly so but I'll still
0: him. watch him in the preseason
1: LeBron James is my number one as well. He's uh, an alien. He probably is not of this world. I'm not sure what we did to deserve him. Um, Bill Simmons on his podcast always like to make fun of. If we had to pick... um, one player to play one on one if the aliens came down and invaded us for all of humanity. We would definitely pick LeBron James. Well that's a
0: good thing. 'cause isn't he starring in Space Jam too? Uh, uh, hopefully. So I think I, I think he is. I yeah. think that's official. Yeah. So we got
1: it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> him and him against the uh the Klingons. Uh um, Monstars. Come on. You the Monstars, yeah. I You're not a space jam guy, are you? Never go. been a space jam guy. It's it's cool. It's girl. it's it's a good movie. It's just not like Space Jam. He's just never You're too young. I was also never been a big MJ guy because I just didn't get to see MJ play. So, but yeah, LeBron James, my number one, most exciting, athletes. That's our top five.
0: All right. So we got I got Sammy Sosa, Ladanian Tomlinson, College Reggie Bush, Tiger, and LeBron.
1: And I have Ken Griffey, Ichiro, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, and Mr. LeBron James. I I, I, I actually (laughs) like my list Alright, now it's time For All
0: Alright, Ben Today I'm going to rant about Major League Baseball We're in the The postseason, postseason's great, right? Um, There's a lot of great moments But I cannot stand The current playoff system we just watched the Cleveland Indians lose in 5 games to the, to the uh the Yankees. And I'm not just saying this cuz I hate the Yankees. <laughs> I have no idea why in baseball we play 162 freaking games and then you have one game to decide the wild card and only 5 games to decide the division series. It makes no sense. And I get it. It's like, because the season is so long and the weather, blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's so stupid when you think about the other sports. Basketball plays 80 games, 82 games, and then they have a million seven-game series. And then, like, why wouldn't – like, basketball should be five games, at least in the first, like, round or two, like it used to be. Um, like, it just doesn't make any sense that we're going to play 162 games – and then we're going to play one game to decide a wild card, and we're going to only play best of three to decide a full playoff round. Why, like, why wouldn't we just make it 150 games? And I know, like, all the stats people are going to be like, you can't change it from 162 <laughs> to 150 because then all the stats don't matter. Of course. It's like, well, if you're Major League Baseball, you got to change to make your product better. So why wouldn't you make it, like, 150 games, let's say, have the wild card be at least the best of three, and then every round should be best of seven? I mean, I personally would like to see even the wild cards longer, and the the top the top two seeds, kind of like a like a football, like the NFL playoff system. Like the top two seeds get buys, and then you know the just the worst wild card plays the better plays the three seed, and it would all just be seven game series. I think that'd be great, and it would give a, an advantage to.
1: Is that an advantage though? You
0: no, know, it would give an advantage to the one and the two that get
1: the buys. But buy. as I'm saying, is that an advantage though?
0: How is it not? You don't have to play a series, yeah. Or was that not an amazing? Right,
1: but like we've seen the the Cleveland Indians just rail off one of the most amazing streaks in history, and then they're off for a few days and they cool off. Like baseball is out of, out of any other sport, baseball is so streaky, like more than football, more than basketball. Like if you're if you're like streaking at the right time. You, like, you want to keep that going. You don't want to take four or five days off to wait for two other teams to play. You want to keep but going. But those
0: teams that are one and two are already taking days off because they've already locked it in. What do you mean? Like, the teams that are the one seed. Like, the Dodgers have been... They went on that streak. The Dodgers have been taking, you know, giving players rest down the stretch of the season anyways. It's not like they've been full-on go down the, down the stretch because they had the one seed. They had everything locked in. So they're already, like... Just the last twenty games of the season are pointless, basically. I, I so just, like,
1: I guarantee you that teams would not want to take a week off to wait for other teams. They want to keep going. They want to keep playing. They're I mean, they fine.
0: Don't give them a bye. But it's just, it should still be. Yeah. It should still be Seven more than game one series. game deciding the wild card, and more than five games deciding a divisional series.
1: I agree with you. I, I'm just gonna play like, I'm Why? Just, why
0: are we gonna play 162 freaking games? Why are we gonna play so many, and then have the playoffs be so short? It makes no sense. Shouldn't the, the sport with the longest regular season have a longer playoff? Yeah. Like, I just don't I, – I don't get it. I don't get it how, like – and then in, like, the NFL, like a wild card team, what? you got to win, what, four games to win the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. That's a quarter – that's 25% of the whole regular season. Mm-hmm.
1: 25%. In the NBA, you have to win 16. In the NBA,
0: yeah. Which is 82 – you know, I don't – I'm not good at math, <laughs> I don't know what 16-5-82 is. But, like – in baseball, you're going to play 162 games, and technically you could win, what, three, seven, well, three, 11, 11 yeah. games? you just going to win 11? Like, what? Like, I want to see, I, and, and especially with pitching, it's like, the whole point of baseball is you have to have all this good depth, right? you got to have a five-man rotation that has to last a full season. And then you get into a three-game series, and it's like, you're only having three dudes pitch. Like, it's stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I would agree.
0: Like, those fourth and fifth starters should actually be playing, or at least the fourth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't – I don't get it. And, you know, they talk about uh, the, the weather and stuff. Just play all the games in a row. You do it during the regular season anyways. They'll play seven games in a row. So why wouldn't you, like, just fit it in? Why wouldn't you just play – you can play seven-game series all in a row. What does it matter? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think – and I, I just think baseball is – they do everything at the wrong time. Like right And right now, like, the NBA season's about to start up, so people are talking about that. Like, these games also are on, like, FS1. <laughs> you know? And, like, MLB Network and, like, TBS. It's like, how are you How are you trying to, like, get your brand out there when you're on FS1? Like, who has FS1? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're in a freaking TV station. We don't even get FS1, so we can't even watch a game unless we just stream it. You know it's what true. I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Baseball is just, they're just, they're, they're, Archaic in their setup, and they're not going to change because that's how they are, and they're just going to continue and you know to to not have good ratings and continue to be to have a bad product. That's my uh, baseball
1: rant. It was a great rant. <laughs> I, I would agree. I think very, very, very valid points. And I'm mad because I picked the Indians to win the World Series. And <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you did. Um, that was episode seven of TV Timeout. Thanks again for joining us. You can also, I'll remind you guys every week, you can hit subscribe on iTunes, and every time we upload a new episode, it'll just get automatically uploaded into your podcast feed. Grizz and North Dakota kick off at 1 o'clock, actually. Yeah, yeah, we actually looked it up. 1 o'clock on Route Sports. Cats in Eastern Washington. Um, those people in Montana, you can watch that on ABC Montana at 2 o'clock. And have a great uh, football weekend, everybody. Peace.